0: Hello and welcome to
1: episode 365 of the Bronze Speed Podcast. I am your host, E.J. Fagan, tonight joined by Pat Gunn.
0: Hello, how's it going, E.J.?
1: Pat, it is going wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Spring training is underway and we have basically no news coming out of spring training because that's how the first two weeks always go. We have uh, Nestor Cortez, DJ Mayhew rehabbing their injuries Look, injuries looking pretty good, but we did get some bad news, and that is that Frankie Montas has undergone or will undergo an arthroscopic shoulder surgery that will put him out for at least most of the 2023 season and possibly longer. Pat, what is your reaction to this news?
0: feel bad for Frankie. I mean, I hope he gets better and gets the health he needs. Uh, I mean, he had this dealing with that shoulder injury for the, since – basically around the deadline last year and he just and it just never really was able to get started i just i feel bad for him hopefully hopefully he gets better quickly and uh, i see a lot of weird reactions to this like the Yankees should never made the trade and this is something you really can't predict with an injury like this happening the Yankees knew he had some shoulder issues but you i don't think you can really say that so it's just kind of unfortunate circumstances and hopefully he gets better and he's able to get himself ready for 2024
1: yeah, this is kind of what I always assumed would happen. When his injury wasn't better 2 months ago and they said he's going to be, you know, a month and a half late. Like it, it, there was no reason to believe that it would get better. Um that he had he had fixed anything from, you know, resting over the offseason because he had he had, you know, missed time toward the end of the 2022 season and my only frustration, and this, this is something that feels like it comes up with the Yankees a lot, but I don't know if it comes up more than, than any other team out and following any other team closely enough to, 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 to say that's for sure. But why didn't he have the surgery in September? If he had it in September, then all of a sudden he can play most of the 2023 season. They waited four or five months to see if it got better, and it didn't. And now Montas isn't going to contribute the season. And frankly, from Montas' perspective, now he has to go on the free agent market you know after maybe pitching a month if he's lucky it just it just seems like the yankees do this occasionally and it it, it they don't want to bite the bullet of the surgery when the surgery is probably necessary
0: yeah i mean i i, I get that's probably fair that they should have probably taken more time with it at the same time i mean Sometimes it worked. It has worked out. This has actually worked out a couple times. It worked out for Moss here to knock.
1: Yeah, it's the one name I was thinking of. His elbow never actually blew up.
0: Surgery. They're trying it with Michael King. uh we'll we'll, have-
1: well, well, for King, he had a different surgery, right? So he's he's healthy now. It seems like he's ready. He's throwing fine. Right. Yeah. Um, he had a broken elbow. Um, he could have had Tommy John surgery, but, you know, the, the stress fraction, fraction of the elbow, they, they chose to rehab, and for now it's doing all right. But Frankie Montas uh, is not going to be a part of this team. We still have now Domingo Herman Clark-Schmidt as your contenders for this fifth spot. We'll be, we'll,
0: Hopefully Cortez is available. That's where my one concern to the rotation yeah. is. If Cortez isn't ready, then Yankees are going to need to... <laughs> God, and find some depth, starting depth, and,
1: and we should note that Cortez is now throwing off a mound. He is so, so he he is you know you know he's probably not throwing at full strength, whatever. But he is he is progressing through his timeline, and it appears that this is not going to hold him back too much. Uh, uh, let's move on though and talk about the projections and a American league East preview for the 2023 season. We have Pocota. The best projection system has released its projections for 2023. The New York Yankees are projected to have the best record in baseball with 97.5 wins. Uh, That is about a win ahead of the New York Mets, about two wins ahead of the Dodgers and Houston Astros. Uh, The second best in the American league East is Toronto, with 89.4 wins, then Tampa with 87 wins, Boston with 80.5, Baltimore with 74.8. Gut check, Pat, does it feel like the Yankees have the best roster in baseball heading into the season?
0: No, this seems like mostly a reaction upon last season, which I think makes sense given that the Yankees have a very similar roster to last season and they ended up winning 99 nine games so it makes sense i mean when i was thinking about it 97 wins really more than the dodgers and houston and even the mets in atlanta but i guess when you're looking at it like that the yankees do have a very similar roster and pakoda doesn't usually protect teams winning 100 games so i guess it makes sense but i don't know if i had them above houston i know houston lost to verlander and that is isn't is a major deal at the same time they have a pretty deep pitching roster and they're getting they're going to improve at first base with Jose Abreu, and it's still a pretty solid team over there. So I don't know if I think you can really say the Yankees are better than Houston.
1: Yeah, so so to give uh, some clarity to what you just said, the the Yankees had a really good season last year, and the way that Pakoto works is it heavily relies on assuming that players will regress to their mean projection. And so, if a player had a bad season last year, it assumes that they will have a closer to their normal, uh, their normal, their normal playing time, their their normal um, uh, numbers season. If they had a good, a really really good season, it assumes that they'll get a little bit worse. And if you look at the Pachota projections, the Yankees had a lot of players kind of underperform their projection last year by quite a lot. Most notably, Josh Donaldson and uh, and John Carlos Stanton, and then some other guys who. I think um, underperformed, you know, kind of like like had like a sneaky underperformance relative to last year. So those are guys like uh, Anthony Rizzo was a little down. Aaron Hicks was a little bit down. Uh, Gleyber Torres was a little bit down. Some of the pitching was a little bit down. So Cole had been, uh, seemed, seemed to have some unlucky batted ball luck. And overall, Pocota thinks that although Judge will come down a little bit, that the upside is more likely than the downside. This is also why the, the high win total numbers tend to be lower than the, the best team in the in the league, uh, according to Pagotto's projections, because it, it just assumes that any team that might win 100, 200, 300, 400 games is going to come down toward the average. Any team that might win 55 games is going to come up a little bit, which um, makes for a better overall projection, even if it, it makes it unlikely to miss an outlier. Houston had a lot of outliers. So last season, the Houston Astros had just a lot of players have the best season of their career. Maybe that continues. Maybe the Astros kind of have the special sauce to make those guys continue to be great. Make you know Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and all those guys be pretty elite. But Pacheco thinks they're going to get going to get a little bit worse. Do you think that? all of those guys that Pakoda thinks will bounce back on the Yankees? Or do you think the, the Yankees are, are pretty the, – the Yankees have a lot of bounce-back candidates, or do you think it's more likely that Stanton and Donaldson and Hicks and all of those guys kind of established a new level of performance at, at just not very good?
0: I think Stanton is very easily a bounce-back candidate. I mean, Really, it's only a bounce-back from his last couple of months of the season where he wasn't hitting well in the first half. Remember, he made the All-Star team and maybe – he shouldn't have been voted in as a starter but he was still have he still had a great first half it was just then he got hurt right after the break and then that and then everything fell apart from there really so I think Stan is an easy bounce back candidate
1: and we should note that John Carlos Stan baseball perspective, prospectus doesn't have stack ass data built into its model. But John Guerrero's stand stack has numbers were actually pretty
0: good. Yeah, they're always um, pretty good. I mean, he's uh, always going to hit the ball. Even if he's only hitting grounders, they're going to be at probably 110 miles per hour. <laughs> he's going to hit the ball hard.
1: Well, I should say, so 2019-2020, he actually had wor- a worse WOBA than his ex- expected WOBA. But over the, uh, and, in fact, roughly the same in 2021. This season, so he's normally his batted ball Numbers are a pretty good indication of how how good he's going to be. His battle ball numbers have taken a step back in the last couple of years as he's he's aged, but he's never underperformed his battle ball numbers consistently. Last season, he had a three fifty one ex ex-WOBA, but only a three twenty seven WOBA, which suggests that he either got unlucky or defenses found it really easy to defend him. The shift might help him there a little bit, and luck might help him there.
0: Yeah. Um, In terms of other players, I've— wouldn't be surprised to see Rizzo have a little bit, if not, just at least the power department. I don't know if he's, yes, Yankee Stadium helps, but I don't know if he's another thirty homer a year guy. I think last season was his first thirty homer season in a couple of seasons, or so I don't know if he's going to be that good. With Josh Donaldson, his batted ball data and his particular strikeout and walk data isn't really very kind. And not to mention, this is a player we're talking about who's entering his who's in his age who's age thirty seven. So, I mean, the, he's still a good fielder, but I just don't even, I just don't see him really, maybe, maybe he's now from around the 600s in OPS, he's in the 700s, but I don't really know how much of an improvement we're going to see there. Aaron Hicks has kind of just been the way he is for the last couple seasons. It seems like every year, it's just like we're waiting for Aaron Hicks to get back and we're ready to get him back in the swing of things. And he just kind of always is, he's not really, the power hasn't been there for a couple of years now. He can still decently get on base, but not really enough to make up for the mediocre contact numbers so all in all i think the yankees have some i think there are some candidates who can improve it wouldn't surprise me if garrett cole improved i think we've said that every year since he's become a yankee and he seems to i think he'll still be very good i don't know how i just don't know how good if he's going to be competing for Cy Youngs or if he's just going to be a very very good above average pitcher nestor cortez i think we said last year that we could see a little bit of a fall off and then he ended up just getting better so i don't i i can think it's fair to assume he'll still be a very good pitcher Severino, I think it really depends on his health. If he's able to pitch tw- around 20 starts, I think he can be pretty good. And I, um I think overall the Yankees team should be pretty interesting. I don't know. I think the two qu- biggest questions I have are bullpen, given that there's not really I think you wrote about it in your Substack, EJ. There's not really one true face as there has been in the past.
1: It is hard to be optimistic about the bullpen the more you look at it.
0: Right. It's not as deep it's not quite as deep as it has been um, no Chad Green. I mean Chapman might. No Chapman might be a blessing in disguise given he's been. But no Britain. Um, there's you're not. There's not really a Mariano in the bullpen unless you really are confident high on Clay Holmes. Um, so, but I think that they still could be interesting, and the Yankees could find. Usually Yankees are pretty good at finding these unsung or no, relievers that you you never heard of before the season that pitch well. So I'm not really. I'm not going to be too pessimistic there. The Where I am, I'm going to be a little bit for the lineup because running. it seems like they're trying to run it back with a lot of the same people from the end of last year in a lineup that really wasn't very good. And you saw it against Houston that they really struggled. So I have a hard time thinking they're a 97-win team right now. I could see them winning the AL East because it doesn't seem... The only team that I think really made enough drastic changes to make the team better was Toronto in their outfield. And I don't know if they're going to be enough but they all and they also have the upside to really get better like for example i think jose barrios i don't think is going to be as bad as he was last season like that it seems like a worst case scenario type for a pretty at least very least average pitcher most likely better than that so it wouldn't surprise me if toronto gets better but i think the yankees are fairly safe as a front runner in the east
1: now if you dig into the numbers i think it's really interesting look at the runs run saved and run scored uh, run score and runs allowed numbers so the Yankees are projected to score 721 runs, and as you mentioned, that's not great, but it's like, it's, what, sixth in the American League, something like that. So they're projected to be a, an above average but not great offensive team. I think that kind of jibes with what we think. Probably the, the real key to the, the baseball prospectus projection, though, is their runs allowed number. They are projected to allow 573 runs, which is by far the lowest in baseball, let alone the American League. Um, so if you look around, you know, there's some other teams that are projected to have good pitching staffs like Minnesota, uh, like Houston, like Tampa, uh, but all of them are projected to allow 30-plus more runs than the Yankees. The, the, we've been talking about the Yankees as a pitching and defense team, and that's what Pakoda thinks they will they will be. Um let's go through some of their, their competition so let's start at the bottom Picota thinks Baltimore is a 74 win team thinks that this team uh, scores a decent amount of runs but also allows a lot of runs do you would you take the over or the under on 74 wins for Baltimore
0: I'll take the over me too like a lot uh, I can understand a team why Baltimore would be a little bit lower than last year they were for all I think their run differential was negative and for by all means, this is a very young team and just in general, young teams don't really win much And the Orioles. I think it is disappointing that the Royals didn't go Orioles didn't go out and get more in free agency in particular on the pitching side. You'd think with the way that they changed Camden yards, they'd be much more attractive to, to prospective pitchers coming over than in the past. But at the same time, I could see that there with the, with the way the talent came in, I think it's fair to say something like, say, Adley Rushman, who's now going to be here for a full season, could be something better
1: and Gunnar henderson
0: henderson and some of the younger pitchers that are really really highly regarded like a grayson rodriguez coming up and being pitching really well this season i think that they could easily overachieve that uh that that standing like there's
1: they they won 83 games last year they had a run differential that was slightly negative but still in line with an 80 or 81 win team
0: that was with their all-star cedric mullins having a down year in comparison still good but down year in comparison like
1: and adley rushman having a solid but not incredible first season um he had a 133 wrc wow wow uh 5.3 war i did not i did not notice that it's a lot better um, than you
0: he okay. was he would have been a worthy i was surprised the rookie of the year vote when it did not that i would have picked julio but I still think that Julio Rodriguez and Russman was a lot.
1: Better. I think Adley Rushman might be better than Julio Rodriguez. That's pretty incredible for a catcher. Also, there was anecdotes that he was just a really strong defensive catcher on top of these numbers, and um, and I think could really could really um, have made a difference there. I'm just digging into his numbers, his, uh, his second-half numbers now that we're talking about this. So he had a really bad May.
0: He got better, particularly offensively. Yeah. He got much better as the season wore on. He got more experience. He had a
1: 150 WRC plus in the second half. Um, had about the same number of, of, of walks as strikeouts. Again, was the supreme a supreme defensive catcher. I think Adley Rushman is in for an elite season, potentially, and, and, and that could go a long way. Could I, He's
0: in the conversation for one of the best catchers in the league, and I think that's very valuable for this group. But I also I, understand that this team is young, and they didn't do a lot in free agent.
1: Well, but then you also have Gunnar Henderson, who's like also a potential generational talent. So I, I would definitely. And that's not even over.
0: getting in. And again, that's not getting into their amazing pitching prospects that could be pitching the season.
1: Like I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think Baltimore finishes ahead of one of Toronto or Tampa this year. Mm. Um, Not I'm not sure which one, but I think one of those teams has a bad year, just injuries or whatever. Right. And I think Baltimore is like an 85 win team or something like that. And, and really, really, it surprises the it surprises the league and becomes, I think, a big competitor for the Yankees uh going forward so yeah this seems very low
0: last season was fun for Baltimore but I feel like I need to see it first I,
1: I, th- I am the, and look their pitching staff not
0: great I still a year away from getting there like it still rubs me the wrong way and particularly with the front office the way that things have gone on behind the scenes with the Angelos family like trading I mean that this is the lowest part but the trading away Trey Mancini franchise cornerstone um I, I I just think that there still might be. This is probably a them figuring out year, and the next year is the year they really really compete.
1: I, I have a fun proposal for you. Okay, so they, they have a surprisingly good season. You know, they, they they get a lot of a good attendance. They have a little bit of money. They decide it's time to go out and spend some money. Manny Machado opts out of his contract, and they sign him to be their third baseman.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that too. That was what that popped in my head as well. Return.
1: I, I mean, if I'm them, i I'd get a pitcher. Like I'd get like Severino or someone like that, but Machado would be a lot
0: of. It fun would be awesome if he came back. It would be what a way to return. Yeah. I mean that he leaves on the downswing, getting traded to the Dodgers, and now he comes back with his team reemerging. Like it would be a good fit for. He would be a perfect fit for that team if he. Came.
1: I, I mean, I, I just, they would have to move the fence, the, the 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 left field fences back in, right? I mean, I'm just gonna look at his spray chart real quick, but like I don't know if you if you have a you know that important of a right handed hitter. Oh yeah, he would he would get killed by those fences. Um I'm just looking at a spray chart. He's he's a pull pull to left field guy. Um, wow. Okay. Well, that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, we're going to. So we we both take the over on the Baltimore Orioles this season, and I think both take the over on them long term. Next up is the Boston Red Sox, projected to win 81 games, uh, to be pretty good in the offensive department. In fact, projected to score a lot more, a few more runs than the Yankees. But uh, projected to allow many, many more runs than the Yankees, which ultimately make them about a 500 team. What do you think about the Boston Red Sox over under 80.5 wins?
0: Push. I'm going. I don't know what
1: you got to pick one. No, I am not. I am not accepting that.
0: Uh, I'll say slightly under. I don't know what to make of this Red Sox team. I'm. I'll be perfectly honest with you. This is probably one of the more frustrating teams I think in the league. Frankly. Uh, with what they did with their offseason. Lowball... I get that Xander Bogarts got maybe a little overpaid by San Diego compared to what other teams were looking at. I still think that they lowballed him and it was frustrating they weren't even willing to go $200 million. Uh, that, that rubs me the wrong way. And I still don't... And it just seems like they're doing the same things over and over again. Like, at least they kept Rafael Devers. He's long-term. But they didn't... What did they do to really help the pitching staff? Just having James... Hoping that James Paxton is healthy? Um...
1: Hoping that Chris Sale is healthy, I guess.
0: Brian Bayo makes the leap, which honestly feels like it might be more likely than a couple other of their decisions. I mean, hoping that Nick Pavetta is pitches like a, pitches at a higher level than he's had. And-
1: I, I mean, so FanGraphs has their their. Pitching rotation is Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, Nick Pavetta, James Paxton, Garrett Whitlock That seems like a disaster waiting to happen
0: I mean, Kluber was healthy last year But even then, he was only about a 4 ERA and He's in his 30s, so yeah,
1: he's going to be 37, you know
0: First healthy season, full healthy season in years And I'm not going to put it past him Because he was pretty good when he was healthy for the Yankees Um, But I I don't know if you want him to be your two starter. I don't think that you're, I think you're probably.
1: I mean, I could see Kluber having like a rich hill end of his career where he's pitching 140 innings every season and is like a high three ZRA, surprisingly effective. But as a number two starter. With a very injury-prone rotation, where he could very easily end up as the number one starter, that seems a bit
0: much. And I'll give them credit; they did finally go out and sign a closer in Kenley Jansen. I don't know how much he, ha- I don't know how much he- what kind of pitcher he is at this stage in his career, but he's had a good career. I'm, will g- give him the benefit of the doubt. And I do think that from what I've heard about Bray and Bayo, he's very, very good. And there's a lot of talent there. And looking at his minor league numbers, he doesn't really walk people with high strikeouts. Throws the ball hard. I mean, the Yankee. I remember when the Yankees play, even in, even at the end of last season, when he was still figuring things out, uh, they were talking when the Yankees played him Sunday night baseball. They were talking about how he was a bad matchup for Judge to get a home run off of because he just doesn't give up home runs, and a pitcher like that in the AL East can really really bring something. So I'd be very intrigued about him, but the rest of the pitching staff just screams meh.
1: How do you feel about their not not necessarily this season, but their near near term, term future? Is, is this a team that? Is going into a a rebuild, or is it a team that maybe next year they can go out, you know, sign a pitcher or two and and look really good?
0: I don't know. I mean, given (laughs) where the AL East is right now, they don't, I don't love the, the Orioles, seem like a team on the rise. The Blue Jays are very much in the midst of their core growing and trying to get into that championship window. The Yankees seem like they're trying to stay there with Judge being assigned long term and the Rays, they don't, Rays just signed Wander Franco, they usually seem to figure it out. I don't really know how Boston fits, and this is a team that could easily over-exceed this. Like, I mean, Alex Cora has done this before. A couple of years ago, I think they were only projected. When he... cores first year back, I think they were only projected around 80 wins, and they mas—they went and made it to the American League Championship Series, and then last season happened. So who knows? And in terms of their lineup, I'm probably lower than the projections. I mean, I like... Enrique Hernandez had a... Kike Hernandez had a rough year last year, so I'm guessing that's where some of the positive rejection is coming from, but I'm not...
1: Also, sure. Yoshida has a killer projection, but I, I, I'm i I'm very, very skeptical.
0: I think he's probably talented. They probably overpaid for him, but at the same time, I do think he's talented, and I respect mm. them for taking a risk there. I wish they took risks other on other players, too, like Bogarts, but...
1: I w- if I were them, I, w- I would wish he was a righty mm. in Fenway, right? Like, like, Yoshida seems like the kind of guy who could hit a lot of doubles off the wall. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm just very skeptical. At least he'll play left field, so he'll be able to you know not have the defensive problems we know. I forgot, he about,
0: I forgot Justin Turner is probably a big part of the projections. Who also is now going his late 30s. I mean, the Dodgers are a pretty smart organization, and they weren't willing to keep him around for that money. So I can, I don't I don't know what to make. Adalberto Mondesi seems like a bench player right now, who hasn't really been able to stay healthy. Bobby Dalbach had a down year, but he can still hit the ball hard. I think I think Casas is interesting to me. Because he had some pretty good,
1: really good prospect, yeah,
0: yeah. So he, him and Devers together, and then again, they and the thing is, they just signed De- like like Judge. They just they finally locked up a franchise cornerstone. They kept they're keeping Devers,
1: yeah. and They could have kept Mookie Betts, um,
0: Betts, and probably Bocarts too. But
1: yeah, you know, it's a it's a weird club. I'm just gonna make a prediction. I think this club gets. I, I think it, it it's a it's an under because this club gets dismantled at the trade deadline. Anybody who's playing well, if whatever Justin Turner or even Yoshida, or any of the pitchers, or Kenley Jansen, or whatever. If they're having a really strong season, I think they get traded, and that's the rebuild. And frankly, that's the way I personally, if I were like a big money team, would start a rebuild, which is sign a bunch of guys to one-year contracts, and not expect many to be good, but then trade the good ones.
0: I mean, Kenley's a two-year deal, Yoshida is a five-year contract, if I remember correctly. So
1: so if Yoshida has a strong deal, he's very tradable, right? I mean, I'm... um,
0: Like a lot to trade a guy in the first year, but uh i don't know i think devolve they could absolutely trade he seems like he yep. gets traded every year um unfortunately uh it could trade kike hernandez i don't know how many years verdugo is signed for but he could
1: you could imagine someone taking chris sale if if he has a really strong year
0: i don't know it uh, seems like a, there's too many what ifs with boston really and i just don't know what to make and it, like i've been wrong about boston before i if i last couple seasons it feels like boston is just kind of Playing with expectations for better or worse. I just don't. I I, I feel like this roster. I can understand being frustrated with this. I can understand being both intrigued and frustrated with this roster.
1: All right. Let's move on and talk about the Tampa Bay Rays projected at 87 wins. They're projected to be a pretty poor offensive team. 671 runs, uh, 79 runs scored, uh, which is only behind uh, the Orioles in the division and is toward the bottom end of the of the American League. But a very strong defensive team, 625 runs allowed, which is, which is I believe, third best in the American League. Would you take the over or under 87 wins for the Tampa Bay Rays?
0: Another tough call on this because I think 87 is fair. I think I'd go – I might go slight over. I think of any team hoping for positive regression on offense, the Rays are one that you can give some of that given how many injuries they had last year. They
1: got killed by injuries last
0: year. So many. And to be fair, like in 2020 – one, they also had a lot of injuries and still won a lot over 100 games, but you could sell, see where they left them in the playoffs when they were just, I think they were just kind of done with ball, against Boston. Last year, it really started to affect them and they still were able to get into the playoffs because the AL wildcard picture was pretty small last year from what I, but like, I mean, a whole season of Wander Franco is probably going to improve their lineup because he just didn't play last year and he had a lot of different... I think a wrist injury, I think, was what he had dealt with. Yeah. So, I mean, a healthy season for Brandon Lau would definitely help, give him a little more power. I think you can expect a full... If you get... May Margot did hit pretty well last year. I mean, the only players that were... I mean, the only players who were really healthy for the full season were Rosarena, who didn't hit that well, and then Yanni Diaz, who was pretty solid, but he's not a guy you want being your best hitter. He's, a, he's a, more of a compliment. So, I think Wander Franco's health is a big part of it because they did show some stuff. I mean... Isaac Paredes had a pretty good season when he played. Jose Siri added a lot of energy. There's probably some more, maybe not as much power, but Harold Ramirez could do something. Like, The Rays are always a pitching and defense team, so it would never really surprise me. I think last year was such a down year because of injuries. I'm fair with taking the over, particularly if Tyler now is healthy and McClanahan is healthy and Rasmussen. They have they have a legitimately talented rotation right there.
1: Yeah, and and Picota doesn't know how good Wander Franco could be. Right. Wonder Franco, if he had a Fernando Tatis year, no one would be surprised. I also wouldn't be shocked if he has like a, you know, 800 OPS is kind of his best year uh, with pretty good defense.
0: It's an 800 OPS. That's-
1: That'd be really a huge improvement for them, yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I like every year I kind of go like, oh, you know, the Rays, eventually their magic is going to run out. You know, Shane McClanahan's not going to have an ERA of whatever it was, you know, 2.1, um, 2.54 last year you know, Drew Rasmussen's not gonna have a 2.84 ERA, but they always seem to piece something together. I just I, I feel like the the time is the time is ticking on the Rays. They cannot be this much smarter than the league forever. Like there is an inevitability to the league catching up, you know, copying them and catching up to them eventually. I also think that like the shift and some of these other kind of like crackdown on new tactics might hurt the Rays more than other teams.
0: I still trust Kevin Cash. I still think he's a good coach. Sure. You could argue that he might be a better manager than Joe Madden. I think you can make a very fair case for that.
1: I, I think he clearly is. I, I mean, Joe Madden keeps getting fired, right?
0: So, so, but I I can understand that they don't really. They, I I mean, they're Zach Eflin just signed this team. He's the biggest free agent signing they ever have signed, and he was only three years, about forty million. It's
1: nuts. And it's not that they've been this good despite that.
0: Even except for Wander Franco, which was nice, which was a pleasant surprise that they actually were willing to give him someone. even then, not even going twenty million a year. So there's I think there's some potential. Like Shane Boss, I don't think, pitched much last year, and I think there's a lot of talent there. So
1: So I'm, I'm taking the over, you're taking the over. Not a huge over, but I'm like they they could win ninety games very easily.
0: And if they won hundred games and just completely exceed expectations, it wouldn't surprise.
1: See, I think to to win hundred games, they need uh, like a, a Wander Franco and like and like a breakout in a Randy Rosarina return to form. Probably, like I, they need some they need someone to really do very like well beyond just coming back to their previous performance. Agreed. Toronto Blue Jays, eighty nine wins. Would you take the oh and they are they are projected to be I think as expected slightly better offensive team than the New York Yankees but a significantly worse defensive team so they would uh, they would score 736 runs and allow 651 over under 89 wins.
0: I'll go I'll give a slight over I think a slight over with the Blue Jays I think mainly because I think their pitching is going to be better again. Barrios had a nightmare season last year I don't think he's going to be that bad again. I think Crit Bassett coming in as a solid 3-4 starter should help. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see the same type of season from Alec Manoa, but I do like his talent. I think he's a pretty good pitcher, and I think you have Kevin Gosman who's been like an ace level the last two seasons quiet, very quietly. So I think there's talent there. I think you say Kikuchi finding a role for him, but I think he could be a solid 5 starter. Uh, I, like, I think their bullpen was, I think, pretty decent last year from what I remember. I mean, there's some, there's some talent there with Jordan, Romano, with Jordan Romano, Anthony Bass, Adam Simber. If they can find a role for Nate Pearson, who has a great arm, I think this team can be really special pitching-wise. And lineup-wise, I feel like they kind of underachieved a bit offensively. I think a lot of people thought they were going to be this elite offense, and they were just kind of decent for most of the year. And I think a lot of the big issue they had was the same issue that the Yankees sort of had a couple of years of just being entirely right, very, very right-handed and that doesn't really do you saw it last year against Luis Castillo in the first round of the playoffs as far as I can get you and then they just have that ridiculous that like once in a generation collapse against the Mariners so I think defensively they did a lot of steps to try and improve to move George Springer from center field Dalton Varshaw, I think will be a better center fielder Kevin Kiermaier if he can play is better and hey they're both Kiermaier and Varsho are both left-handed I don't love trading away Hernandez and uh, Guriel because I think they're both important pieces to the core and they're both good guys. But at the same time, the Blue Jays are trying to get it better defensively and they're going to do that. And I think offensively, Varsha did hit. A, his OPS wasn't great, but he did hit a more than 20 home runs last year in Arizona. So I think that the defensively, this is going to be a better team. I think pitching-wise, it's going to be a better team. Offensively, I'm curious to see what happens. I think, I think it's reasonable to expect Guerrero, as good of a season as he had last year, to be somewhere... In between where he was almost an MVP candidate in 2021 and where he was last year, Bashad, I think you'd want more consistency from because it seemed like he came on strong at the end of the season, but, but was really treading above water. And he's not really good enough defensively for that. And I love the, I really like the Brandon Bell addition for this team. I think he gives them some nice more left that left-handed power they didn't really have last year. So yeah, I could see being high on Toronto. I don't know if they're gonna, I have no, I'm not sure what's gonna expect, but I think that they can be. It's reasonable to expect them to be in the low night.
1: So I'm I'm taking the under, and let let me tell you why. I, I think the non-Guerrero class, I think we've seen their their peak. Uh, Pajet, Springer, Chapman, Kirk, a little bit of Danny Jansen. You know, th- these guys are, I think, just had the best, maybe the best seasons of their career, and and that was you know three to four wins each, or maybe I think four and a half for Pichette, uh, uh, Pichette. And so I, I, other than Guerrero, all of a sudden becoming an MVP winner again. I just I don't think that there's, there's a lot of room for that offense to really improve. And the projections have him basically at exactly what you said, right? Somewhere in between his two seasons. So they're already giving him credit for, for a decent rebound this year. He's 24 years old, right? Like, he's no longer like a 19-year-old kid who you can expect a big leap from. I think a leap is possible but not guaranteed. And, and if he had the same line as he did last year, I don't think anybody would be too shocked. Um, or if he was worse, right? If if maybe some of his like weight catches up with him, or, or pitchers kind of figure out how to figure him out, and he can't uh, can't adjust, um, I wouldn't be shocked if his career numbers look a little bit like his father's, which is war, you know, lower than that MVP level he had last season, in 2021. Um, and then the other guys, if they don't have a lot of room to get better, I mean, you know, 33 year old George Springer is probably not going to be better next year, um, and then some of these other guys who kind of had the best seasons of their career, I, I just don't see that really. That really coming back. I, I'm with you. I like the Far Show edition, um, I, uh, but the bottom half of their lineup doesn't look great, right? Kiermaier, Witt. I am not a big believer in Brandon Belt, like you are. Like uh, to me, that lineup is. I mean, the, the, you know, is projected to be pretty good in um, on on um, uh, pers- on on uh, a Pakota, but isn't projected to be something that can carry uh, a team like say the Houston lineup could or the Mets lineup could. Then you look at their pitching staff, and it just got awful, right? Like this is this is a pitching staff, especially the bullpen, which to me just looks very vulnerable. The back end of the rotation looks pretty vulnerable. It just doesn't seem like a team that can hang with the 95 plus win teams in the American League, like the you know, like like the Yankees and the Astros, um, without you know I think a real real big MVP season from Guerrero, which again I don't really see any reason to to bet on. I mean, the bullpen, I mean, Jordan Romero Romano is the closer, Eric Swanson, Yimi Garcia, Anthony Bass. This is not a good bullpen. Now, the Yankees don't have a great bullpen either, but they have the rotation that makes that easier. They're, they're going to be depending on that bullpen a lot, given they're, they're the back half of the rotation, and I think that is going to be very vulnerable. The
0: bullpen was pretty decent last season, I think. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm higher in their bullpen, but I think...
1: Let's see, let us Let me see. Let, let's look at... Uh, we're going to go to team stats on Fangraphs. We're going go to go relievers. Let's take a look. So they had a 3.77 ERA last season, and that in baseball was about average. So they were about average last season. I guess I'm I guess given kind of my instincts looking at those players, I'd say I think they're going to be worse. Um all right. Let's talk about the rest of the American League. Let's say that the Rays or Toronto or somebody has a really great season and the Yankees are all of a sudden fighting for a wild card spot. What teams do you think they will be fighting against for a wild card spot?
0: Outside of the American League East, uh, I think you got to give some respect to Cleveland the Guardians had a really surprising season and they're only they're, given the youth, they're able to do that as a young team and I understand their division kind of fell apart, but there's some talent there with Shane Bieber and potentially I mean potentially Tristan McKenzie could get even better. Uh, I and they seem to always be able to find starting pitching so and they have a really legit maybe the best closer in the league in Emmanuel Classe.
1: But don't you think they're winning the division like I don't buy Minnesota as as good as, as being as good as
0: Cleveland I mean maybe no I think it's a little high on them I I think it was good good business on them to bring Correa back but you're a lot of it's, But
1: they had Correa last year right I mean
0: you are Bucks in south but she was for the most part last year and the pitching rotation to be good and I don't know what to expect there so that's probably they're they're a little high Chicago is a wild card because I don't I think potentially they're better than a 78 win
1: I wonder if La Russa held that team back right he he got credit for them being really good in 2021 um but a lot of the same players just didn't play very well last year and and I really do wonder if you know this is a team with a lot of players in their prime if there's just a little bit of uh of, of room to grow there
0: and then there's some bad vibes going in like i don't like them not bringing back jose abreu that's he's he was so important to the lock not just offensively he was a great hitter which definitely will hurt but he's also just an important leader in the locker room i, I think losing him is a big deal the benintendi siding i get it the money wise but five years feels like much he's not going to be near as good as Abreu and left field I don't even know if he's a great enough left fielder frankly he's not going to add the pop and the everything surrounding the Mike Clevenger situation
1: by the way one thing to watch Jose Abreu I think could have a very interesting hall of fame case
0: he might right I mean
1: Cuban guy couldn't come over till he was 27 put up really strong consistent numbers for most of his career you know and again wasn't allowed to come over previous to that so you got to give him some credit for the incredible performances he had in Cuba
0: no, oh, yeah, no, he's been great. I mean, he won MVP too. I wonder how much the Hall of Fame voters like. And Rookie of the Year. So, and it was for 2020, but still.
1: I'm just such a consistent player. I'm with you. I think that's a huge loss.
0: It's a huge loss, and uh, um, they don't even think they adequately found someone else to sort of fill in his shoes. And the, yeah, the Clevenger situation.
1: But but they haven't. That the, the, pakota has Chicago at 78.3 wins. I'll take the over on that, and I'll take the under on Minnesota. I think those are the, those guys are going to be fighting for the last wild card spot. While
0: and then, players. I mean, otherwise, probably you're you're expecting Houston to win the division, most likely easily. Oh yeah, easy. The other easy three, Oakland, and Oakland is going to be probably bad again, uh, given the moves they made. Yeah, I. Between them, I think are all.
1: Let's talk about one at a time here, because I think they're I think they're all interesting wild card contenders. the The Angels are projected at 86 wins. Now, as you pointed out before the show, uh, Peccota has overprojected the Angels a lot, because I think it does not expect the Angels to have a lot of sub-replacement level players in the back half of their lineup. Uh, but every year they have a bunch of uh, sub-replacement level players, like for example, our old friend Andrew Velasquez um, was, you know, the, was, was their start their starting shortstop, and it turns out their starting shortstop might be our old friend Gio Urshela. Uh, so the, the angels are starting the season in the spot where the Yankees ended it in 2021 at shortstop. Uh, how do you feel about the angels in this upcoming season?
0: I need to see it to believe it with the angels. I think I've said this the last couple seasons. I need to see it. I'll give them some credit. Like they actually did try to have some depth to their lineup. Like Brandon Drury was an all, was an all-star level player last year. He was really good and he can play multiple positions. Uh, Gio Rochelle offensively, while not amazing was still around a seven fifty OPS player. He's not a ton of great power hitter, but he can still hit it a little bit. He's probably better than what they had last season. Jared Walsh has a ton of power in the outfield. Hunter Renfro is a solid defender who can give you some power. High strikeout, but gives you power. I mean, you, there is, you can talk yourself into them having a good lineup. And, he, and then from the pitching side, I mean, uh, they did make the big move to bring in uh, Tyler Anderson, who had a great year with the Dodgers. Is he going to replicate that? Who knows, but he's a talented pitcher. Patrick Sandoval is legitimately one a very underrated starting pitcher. Behind them, the rotation is kind of uh, meh. But Matt, maybe Matt Moore has a comeback in him if he's not a reliever. I, I mean, Ryan DePera has been a decent reliever in the past. Like, you could can talk yourself into it, but I just feel like the particularly on the pitching side, it's a leap. And that, not even getting into this, is on the expe- expectation that Anthony Rendon plays 150 games, uh, and then that players and all these players are going to be there whole season. I don't know. And I just wonder if the angels are around 500 in July, does Shohei Ohtani get a wandering eye and ask for a trade? Because he's been pretty upfront. Like Mike Trout has been pretty committed to the angels for his entire career for some reason, uh, when everything else points otherwise. But Ohtani did say that he was starting to get frustrated by the team not winning. And he's not, and he's been amazing the last two seasons. Like he would have, if judge didn't win MVP last year, he would have been a reasonable choice. Because he was that good. He was better as a pitcher than he was in 2021 and just as good offensively with just fewer home runs. More consistent, probably, offensively, frankly. So, I don't know. I don't think... I'm not feeling good about the Angels. I, I, I respect them for trying to get more deep deeper, particularly on the offense side, but I just can't go 86 wins with them. I,
1: I, I think I'm going to take the over. I, I think this is their year. Um, Mike Trout, at some point, is going to stay healthy for a full season, and he's shown that when he's on the field, he's still... As good as Aaron Judge, if not better. Um, was 98th percentile in Wobble last year. Still is running fast. Still is playing great defense. Um, you know, maybe maybe even... I I, I just think he's, he's an incredible player, and, and he has been unlucky recently. Um, then you have Otani, as we've talked about. And, and just looking at their performances last year, they just got so killed by sub-replacement level players. I mean, it, they had, like... I think it's like a dozen. can count here. So they had like 15 players, really, um, more, almost closer to 20 players play at or below replacement level, and that is awful on, on, on the on, on the hitting side. And, and I just feel like a random set of AAA call ups will do better than that. And if you if you take that, you add a couple of wins, you know, just by just by getting, you know. Replacement level players, or, or or slightly better than replacement level players, and you have Tyler Anderson in the rotation. You know you hope that you can you build on guys like Taylor Ward, maybe bounce back years, some guys like Jared Walsh. It feels like this team still has that latent potential. That's what Pocota is is seizing on, giving it an 80, them an eighty six minute p- projection. As we you know, as we mentioned, they were at I think eighty eight last year in Puckota and eighty seven the year before, or something like that. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm I I I have faith. I I think this is the year Angels fans you will get the third wild card spot and lose in the wild card round.
0: All right. Good luck with that prediction. I mean, it's only.
1: Let's talk about Seattle.
0: Yeah, Seattle's too low. I'm going over on them.
1: Yeah, it's it's such an up and coming team.
0: It's I get that they overachieved a little bit, but they were much. I think there there is reasons to believe they were better than someone say Baltimore, particularly on the pitching side. I mean, Luis, Luis Cast- bring in Luis Castillo and locking him up is a huge, huge. And he was excellent last year. He was probably he an excellent. That's not even getting into Logan Gilbert getting better after a very, very strong season. George Kirby getting better. Even like Robbie Ray was okay last season, but he probably can be better than he was last year.
1: Teoscar Hernandez is a great actor. Teoscar
0: Hernandez is a great ad- acquisition bring in to help them get some more power. And a team that already has some good power hitters with Rodriguez and Ty France and Cal Raleigh. Defensively, I, I mean, I think J.P. Crawford's as good as it gets. George stops. Eugenio Suarez is going to give you some power. Colton Wong could help them a lot defensively, with a couple home runs here and there. Like, I, and the bullpen, bullpen maybe there's a little bit, but even then, there's some really talented pitchers in there. I mean, Munoz is ridiculous. That arm is really, really strong. I don't know if Paul Siewwald's going to have as good of a year as he did last year, uh, but I think this team is probably going to be a little bit higher than me. At the very least, higher than 81 wins.
1: Yeah, I mean the way I think about this is Pakoda doesn't really know how good of a prospect some guys are. And so Julio Rodriguez, Cal Raleigh are just so talented and Jared Kellenick has so much potential that like there's a real M V P level performance in one of those
0: guys potentially. I wonder if losing Mitch Hanniger will make
1: I think I well, you know, I actually don't – let me check his numbers. I think he was so bad defensively. He
0: wasn't very good last season, so I don't know how much it's going to – on the field, I don't think it's going to be uh, – Hernandez, getting in Hernandez is absolutely a major improvement. Uh, and but, even A.J. Pollock for the bench is a lot better. And there's some talent. Taylor Trammell has, had a, has been a good prospect, still relatively young. He could come in and really hit. And who knows? Maybe Kalenic will finally come up and show off the potential – Um, so, but I think the Mariners are, they're better than 81 wins.
1: I'm with you. I take taking the over on the, on the Mariners. I think they make the playoffs in a wild card spot this year. And I think they're probably the second best team in that division. Maybe though the weird projection for me, at least Texas at 79 wins, they keep bringing in players and they're keep being projected to be under 500. What is going on here? And do you take the over or under?
0: Uh, I think it really depends how you rate the angels. And given that I'm iffy on the angels, I'll give it a slight over in the low eighties. This kind of reminds me of the way pundits were talking about the brooklyn nets the last couple of years and that this is the best hypothetical team in the league <laughs> hypothetically i think that you could make a lot of good cases i mean bruce Bochi coming out of the retirement to coach this team jake Degrom with nathan avaldi and then john gray uh, jake odorizzi like
1: andrew he coming off a strong year
0: like there's some potential here to go with the lineup with uh, hey Corey seager and marcus Simeon. Uh, you, got, you got you got uh Adolis Garcia Adoles Garcia, Brad Miller can still hit home runs, right? I think Jonah Heim almost made an all-star team last season. Uh
1: But the, the bottom half of that lineup is pretty bad. Pretty bad.
0: They didn't do anything to really improve offensively the outfield. Adolis Garcia is very good. I don't know if you want him being your best outfielder. Robbie Grossman is a decent can get on base. I don't know if you want I don't know if he's a guy who should really be a Starter Brad Miller is a guy who probably should just be a bench player at this point. I don't really, and, I, and even with the pitching staff, as much they did drastically improve there. I will give them credit. Bring I and I don't i am not going to frown on them for bringing in Jacob Degrom and Nathan Balby. Health is also important, and Degrom hasn't pitched a full season in a while. um So
1: it, it's a strange team, right? It, it's a team that that got a bunch of free agents and then they have just no base to put them on top
0: of. They feel kind of like the Angels in that there's just a lot of.
1: But but they're like the angels, but they're not Otani and Trout, right? They're they're Marcus Semien and Corey Seager and Jacob Degrom.
0: Yeah, And Degrom is and Degrom's an all timer. He's a, you're talking about Hall of Fame cases. He's gonna have a very interesting Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, it's a weird Hall of Fame case, right?
0: But he's I just don't I just don't know where to I just don't know what to make of this team. Another one, I, I think I have to see it first come together. Because I mean, let's not forget this team was pretty bad last year. Yeah. <laughs> Even with bringing in Simeon and Seeger, like they, if it weren't for Oakland, they probably finished in last place. So. Yeah, the
1: reason I I think I mean if I could push one, I'd push this. Um. I think P- this, these are exactly the kind of players that Pachota should get right on average, right? They're they're established players. We kind of know who the best players on the Rangers are. And some of them will be healthy and do well, and some of them will be healthy and won't. And that all kind of averages out to what the projection is given them. Um, that said, you know, Picota does poorly with outliers, and Jacob DeGrom is an outlier. Um, and, and could be, you know, a vast range of possibilities next year.
0: With some things, like you're asking Heaney from going to the Dodgers system, which was perfect for him, to a very new Rangers staff. You don't who know he's probably not going to be as bad as he was in say the Yankees like that just wasn't a good situation for him, but is he going to be as good as he was at times with the Dodgers? Who knows? He's probably better. He's probably an improvement over what the what the Rangers had last season, but I mean the the Rangers I just like I, I just don't know what to make of this team and I think the offense could the back half of the offense in particular could be pretty bad and I'm not even sure about the defense aside from I guess Simeon and maybe Seager. I guess there is some potential with someone like Josh Jung coming up and just mashing. Because he does have a lot of potential. And same with Ezekiel Duran, former Yankee prospect. So, um, so and there's some there's some interesting... I think there's more interesting prospects here than, say, the Angels, in particular Chung. If you told me that Josh Chung was going to be an, all, an all-star contender this year, I wouldn't be too surprised. I just don't really know what to make of overall this roster. And also, we have to talk about... I, mean, I think Bruce Bochy coming back is a little bit different than, like, Larusa. He's only... He last managed in 2019. nineteen. has been here... During the recent game, it's yeah. I I don't I, I that, don't
1: that to me I think is is interesting. But Bochi was not a legendary manager.
0: He got in the Hall of Fame from his time. I mean, winning three championships does help.
1: Sure, but I don't
0: know what you're saying, like he,
1: like I I don't I don't see him as the guy to fix. Like, it's not like um, God, I'm trying to think of. I mean Larusa was past his prime, but it's not like someone who's an all time great coming out of retirement.
0: No, I think Bochi I think Bochi seems like a, it will sell tickets and it'll be a lot of great talk yeah. you'll see a lot of great news stories saying Bruce Bochi yeah. is back. This is why he's rejuvenating to come back to management, but
1: Yeah, he, he didn't go and get they didn't go and get Dave Roberts or something,
0: right? No, I think um, they could have used I think they could have gone and got someone else. We'll see, we'll see. I just don't know again, I don't know what to make of his team.
1: <laughs> so we you've now we've now kinda of talked through every contending team in the league. We've now looked at their rosters all the same time. I want to get your temperature on the Yankees. Now that you've done this, does it feel like the Yankees are better than all of the rosters that we've looked at today? We haven't looked at the Astros, so forget them.
0: Yes. Tentatively. I, I think I'm a little more concerned than I'm about the Yankees depth than I have been in the past, but I mean, the base of it, I think there's still a – their rotation, I think, is still pretty solid. Even – I don't like Domingo Herman very much. I think the Yankees still could trade him, but I think he's a better fourth-fifth starting option, right-of-dealer sitting innings-eater than a lot of other teams have. Uh, I think Clark Schmidt is a fifth starter. I'm curious to see what it's like to finally see him getting a chance to pitch on a major league roster if he makes the team. Um, I think defensively this team could be really solid still. Donaldson, for my warts with him as a – hitter and uh, he is still was still a really good defensive short third baseman last year we're gonna hopefully get to see more of oswald peraza and and then oswaldo cabrera and the outfield was really good harrison bader is a solid center fielder so i am curious i just don't i just have hesitations with this team that i think the i don't know if the and the yankees i think to their credit unlike a lot of other teams i think they did get better in the offseason i mean just giving that commitment to aaron judge just says alone that there is something that there are maybe okay maybe they're trying here and keeping Aaron and rizzo around i don't think rodone is a player the yankees usually sign. yeah i mean that's a risk player pitcher with starting pitcher who's high upside from the last two seasons and had a lot of injuries is not a player the yankees go after i'm happy they did he's definitely happy now with a couple injuries now he'll have a, he'll help the depth a lot and I like bringing back Tommy Canley. I think that the move hasn't really been talked about a lot, but he had a solid end of the season last year with the Dodgers. I think his change of approach fits perfectly into the new-ish Yankees regime with Matt Blake. And I think also Matt Blake is another thing. that The Yankees were able to keep their coaching staff, and they have a lot of good coaches, in particular Blake. That's why I think I'm a little bit higher on the bullpen is because Blake seems to be, that seems to be an area he's been pretty good at working with pitchers and getting the best out of them. So, so I than this team than a lot of other teams. I think there's a lot of question marks. I think the Yankees have fewer questions than others, but I do think there are lingering questions that hold you back from saying putting them on the tier of, say, Houston.
1: So uh, just looking at all these other teams, I am very confident in Picota's projection for the Yankees. Like, I think they they are just better than any of these other rosters and don't need as much to go right to, to match a lot of the teams. They have better depth than basically everybody we've talked about today. You know, we talk about the back end of the Yankees lineup not being great. None of these teams have great back ends of their lineup. Uh, We talk about the rotations. The Yankees just have a deeper rotation than anybody we've talked about by far. Um, When you take, you know, you look at Fangraph's roster resource page, and and one thing to remember is that they have DJ LeMahieu on the bench. Well, he's healthy. And if he's healthy, all of a sudden, you know, the Yankees lineup looks pretty deep. And then if you look at a guy like Oswald Peraza or even Anthony Volpe on the back end, you know if one of those guys turns into a good player, then all of a sudden the Yankees have a deep lineup, a deep rotation. And when I'm with you, I think, an interesting bullpen. I, I'm, I'm a little less confident than you are, but a bullpen that, that could potentially be very elite if some things go right for it. I look at their minor leagues, and I think the Yankees have a lot of depth there that they can call up if things go bad, particularly on pitching. Um, and one article that I'm working on right now I think there's some I, there's some 40 man shenanigans coming for the Yankees because they have a lot of space on the 40 man roster, and I'm very curious to kind of see what they do with that, which kind of you know adds to the depth, the overall depth that they're going to have. I I just I'm just more confident after our conversation today. This feels like a really strong team, and all the warts that the Yankees have, I can see on other teams, other than the Houston Astros, who I'm still deathly afraid of. Um. All right. Well, Pat, thank you so much for this discussion. We're at 53 minutes. Everybody, we are off next week. I will not. I'll be traveling next week, so you we will not be recording next week. But we'll be back in two weeks after the first spring training games have been played to talk about some actual spring training news in action so we can finally end this long off season of talking about the same three things. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast.